Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, guys, I'm sorry. Welcome to Ace Podcast Station, the home of the footy, footy News Weekly, should we call it? I don't know what we'll call it, but it's Footy News Weekly. We talk a bit of everything on the Thursdays as Rodri has a little bit of a break, but he'll be back very, very soon. And uh, we, we just talk a bit of everything, man. Get your questions in. There's lots to discuss. Obviously, um, Dali Ali did a very in, interesting, shocking interview this evening, uh, today with the uh, with Gary Neville and the overlap that was that was very uh, very interesting to watch. It was kind of like very sad, and obviously you saw more about what he was had to go through and deal with over uh, like a long space of time. I don't know what that says, mate. Um, is they not on the radio? Yeah, they're in my pink coat. Thanks for interrupting. Now it's my son. Wants my car keys. Shut the door, please. So I apologise for that, everyone. Very unprofessional, but what can you do? Teenagers, teenagers, man, teenagers. Yeah, Delhi Ali's interview was um, quite shocking. I gotta be honest. Some of the stuff, and it just goes to show, by the way, that you never know, like what's going on behind closed doors. And also, an interest, just a very interesting bit on it was. Like you said about Mourinho, where Mourinho calls him lazy and stuff in that Amazon documentary, actually turned out that Mourinho apologised for that um, a couple of weeks later, but they didn't show that in the documentary, which again just kind of shows you how the media can they kind of pick and choose what they want to what they want to go with and stuff, which is unfortunate, but uh, you know it's the kind of world we live in, unfortunately. Um, and Ramsey doing his medical at Cardiff City today, I would imagine it's done. Um, which is very encouraging. I did say, I think it was maybe even two weeks ago, but last week certainly, that everything which I did was that it was pretty much done. He just had to, they were trying to sort something out for his image rights and stuff like that. Um, but then the Saudi offer came in and then you always wonder, don't you? Like, can people turn down that amount of money? Set, you know, your grandchildren's children up for life. And it's difficult, but uh, for all accounts, it looks like, he is, uh, he's going, he's, he's cooking, he's cooking on gas. And he looks, by all accounts, it seems like Aaron Ramsey approached the club as well, which means, you know, he really wants it. So that's encouraging as well. But we're going to talk about all sorts. Ashley Young has gone to Everton. Christian Pulisic has gone from Chelsea to Milan. Will Ian is in a bit of a fight between Forrest and a few others. So it's going to be interesting. Interesting stuff. If you've got anything specific you would like to discuss, then obviously get your questions in, get us have a chat. Um, obviously, there's been a bit of a delay in the Declan Rice deal. It seems Arsenal's lawyers are a bit slow with getting stuff done. Uh, Onana to United looks like it's nearly done. Alangas wanted by a few clubs. West Ham want McTomney. Yeah, we talked about that a bit last week, like how they could spend that Declan Rice money. 
and end up with a much, much better team. So it's got lots to discuss. I'll tell you one thing I was interested by is um, Coventry have sold their striker, Victor Giorquez, to Sporting Lisbon for a club record fee. That's a big blow, I think, for Coventry. Real good player he is. Uh, he's got on a five-year deal to support in Lisbon. Look, it's a big, big move for him, let's be honest. But I think that is a blow for Coventry. I really do. I, I rate him highly. Um, Jordan Henderson, Saudi Arabia. There's, there's loads going on. I want to start with Daddy Ali's interview with Gary Neville. I watched it in full earlier. And first of all, I want to say, right, is before we kind of delve into it, the fact that Deli Ali was able to overcome what he went through by before the age of like 11, 12 is remarkable. Um, so for those of you who haven't kind of seen it, his, his mum, his biological mum was an alcoholic. Um, he was molested by one of her friends. And then by the age of like eight, seven, eight, up to sort of 11, he was selling drugs because the people around where he lived were sort of like, oh, you know, no one will suspect you. Just carried his football around with drugs and stuff. And um, it was only then when he was kind of forcibly removed from his biological uh, mum. He was actually, sorry, before that, he was sent to Africa for like some sort of discipline training or whatever, which sounds fucking horrific in itself. But uh, And then when he was about 11 or 12, he was adopted into the a family who really cared for him, looked after him. And then obviously his football career took off. And within four years, he was playing for MK Dons. He's then gone on, um, had a great time at MK Dons, great time with Spurs under Poch. And then when Poch, you know, he's, you can tell how close he was to, to Pochettino. And um, when Pochettino left, that's had a massive effect on him. Um, he's become addicted to to sleeping pills so he's been in rehab in america um in the last few months um he looked really healthy it was clearly difficult for him to speak about some of the stuff and i think guy neville did a good job of kind of getting answers out of him and pushing for those answers without kind of like pressuring him and, and putting him on the spot he kind of did get asked the questions but also didn't overstep i thought um i feel i gotta say i feel for him and he made a really good point during it it's like just because you've got money doesn't mean that you can just ignore trauma um and like how many kids who were going through that sort of stuff at such a young age would be able to deal with it and come out the other side and do something with their life is remarkable I'm glad he's now getting the help, but I also think he's still like 27. He's injured at the moment. If he can get fit, this he's still you know he could still play at the top top level if he can get himself back. If he's more comfortable in himself, etc. He's clearly made some bad decisions along the way, but that also comes with like addiction and mental health problems and trauma. Like if you don't deal with trauma when it happens to you young, it can have mad effects on you. Like I know personally from stuff that happened to me when I was younger, which I did not deal with. And then I ended up dealing with it like like in 20 years later. And it was hard, man, because you think, Jesus, this was ages ago. It's just stupid. But like it's it's hard. And it's I got a massive, um, massive respect for him for coming out. And he did very clearly state several times he doesn't want sympathy what he wants is to he said basically if it helps one person that's good enough for him and got mad respect for him i hope for, I, I do i would love to see him back at the level he was like 2018 17 because he was proper player so good for him good for him for speaking out good for him for addressing stuff because Let's be honest. Um, so what he said, one of the things he said was that during the time he was in rehab, tabloids were contacting his agent and his team saying, we know where he is. 
we want to you know, give us a statement, give us this. We know where he is, basically implying that they were going to kind of out him. And he said there's been a lot of lies written about him and he doesn't really, normally it doesn't really bother him, but he decided because of this, he wanted to try and help people so that he then, you know, wanted to get set, let people know the truth effectively. So, yeah, good for him. I hope he can kind of see it through and get back to where he was. But ultimately, let's be honest, right? If this just makes him a healthier person and he can go on and have a happy life and a family and stuff like that, or whatever he chooses and wants to do to make him happy, and if this helps him get there, football aside, like if just as a human being, if this help dealing with that trauma and going to rehab and the rest of it and speaking out, if that helps him, then great. If he gets the bonus of then achieving what he's capable of in the rest of his football career, even better. But just as a human being. Um, Ree says, just have a look at Hugh Edwards. From what I read, the son knew nothing illegal happened and just wanted out a man with mental health issues as gay journalism scum these days. So, I will choose not to comment because I agree with the majority of what you said, but not all of it. And it's not something which I particularly want to go into because at the end of the day, I just wish that everybody can be safe, happy, and live a happy life without harming themselves or harming others. And that's what I want for everyone, ultimately. Um, that newspaper is scum. We know it is. It's always been that way. They are proper. Like, they got no morals whatsoever. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're famous or you're not famous. Look what they... Some of the shit they printed about Mikey Die after he passed. Um, they just had no no morals whatsoever. Disgusting. Got no time for them at all. Don't buy the sun. Um, right, let's go back through some of these comments. Uh, Reese says, been saying for ages on the pod, uh, there was something serious going on in his private life. I don't think any of us imagined it would be that. Yeah, like, I was. there's also a side like subject of it. Like he said about these addicted to sleeping tablets. But he also said that football players using sleeping tablets is like, pretty, he kind of intimated that it was pretty rife. And when you think about it, it's not surprising that footballers use sleeping tablets. And using sleeping tablets on its own is is not um, not a problem if you use them as they're prescribed and whatnot. Like there's a reason why doctors, when they prescribe you like a diazepam and stuff like that, like sleeping tablets, they only give you like three days worth. There's a reason for that because they are super addictive and they are super bad for you if you take too much. So they literally give you three days worth if you've had like a bad time sleeping to try and help you get back into a sleeping pattern. So I'm not surprised footballers use them because of the adrenaline after games and then you've got to be up in the morning to train and, you know, it's very up and down and there's a lot of ad adrenaline involved and stuff like that. So... It's not a surprise, but I think the PFA, the Premier League, the FA, they all need to get together and kind of get in touch with clubs, with players and say, right, if you think you're using sleeping tablets too much or you are abusing them or you're addicted to them or whatever, and kind of address it. Don't wait for these players to fall off now. We know that it's a thing. So let's find out how bad a thing it is, you know, is Delhi the the outlier who's kind of abused them and become addicted, or is it like a common thing? Because prescription drugs and addiction to prescription drug drugs is a massive issue in the Western world, particularly. I think more so in America, but it is a thing in the UK, big time, and um, it's a bad man, bad. Um, Jonathan Davis says Aaron Ramsey apparently medical, medical done, signed a two-year deal plus an option for one more. Just waiting for the green light from Nice. Yeah. And I think um, he effectively, uh, from what I know, is that, uh, Aaron Ramsey effectively terminated his contract. So he probably lost a bit of cash as well. But 
obviously wanted it for his career and i i commend him for that i hope it works out for him both for him personally and for obviously for as a cardiff fan uh reese says so much respect for Dali ali opening up being as honest as he was about his childhood knowing full well how brutal fans can be uh all respect to the kid and hopefully ali can sort himself out yeah mate i am um, i've only had like a brief flick through like the comments on the video and and social media i haven't really looked at a lot but i haven't come across anybody who's kind of been a dick about it yet i'm sure if i went and had a proper look i'd probably find some but generally i've seen a lot of people i saw a few liverpool fans who obviously he plays with everton at the moment you know saying similar things to what you guys are all saying what i'm saying so hopefully that's the general tone because i think it's it's very difficult to address problems like that trauma addiction mental health issues it's very difficult i think it's very different even more difficult when you're a young man i think it's even more difficult when you're a young man in the public eye and um like good for him and as i said most importantly hopefully he can that helps him heal as a human as a human being and as a man and then if he can get back to football at the level he was before then good for him but he could still have a, a great career like you know he could go and do bits if he gets back to the level he's at he's a, easily a top six premier league player if maybe he doesn't get quite back to the level that he was previously he's still more than capable of being a premier league or a championship phenomenon so it'd be interesting how it goes um tommy tornado welcome my friend i think we kind of covered just covered what daddy said uh reese says they've been set up to lose set up to lose him and i think this is about coventry uh so they've known since the playoff player final. It's what's funded their new sign-in. It's crazy to think three or four years ago, Coventry didn't even have a stadium and we're in League Two. Yeah, absolutely incredible. They've replaced Gorkas, 24 million in, and then Ellis Sims for 8 million, 16 million profit to reinvest and a decent replacement. Yeah, it's good business. You can't turn down that type of money if you're Coventry City. And um, it's a good move for the player, I think, as well. To be honest with you, I think you can't you can't fault it all around, but it will be a blow depending on who they're able to bring in. It's a lot of pressure on Alice Sims if they're kind of banking on just him, but I'm sure they'll get someone else in. Uh, will says, I haven't seen the interview itself, just the headlines, but hopefully he can make a full mental recovery and get his career back on track. Indeed. Uh, Matthew says, 100% respect to Ali. Uh, kept a lot bottled up for a long time. Nothing but respect for sharing his stories. Never realised how popular sleeping tablets were football. Yeah, neither did I. And, uh, do you know, it makes a lot of sense. But I didn't kind of, I'd never really heard of anything like that, really. Um, he also addressed, like, the thing with his shirt, where he didn't have Ali on the back. He had Delhi. Um there was it was an interesting it was an interesting interview i think um and he kind of talked about a range of things as well as the the issue um reese says uh i think it's football clubs have their own in-house doctors probably unlimited limited access to these sleeping pills well so like i said sleeping pills are very carefully monitored and prescribed and um from what he said he said he started off just getting them as prescription you know from the club and whatever or the way you know where he's supposed to get them from but when it became a thing where he was taking them, like if he had a day off, he said he would just be taking them at like 11 o'clock in the day to get the day going and whatnot, partying. And um, he did say that he got them elsewhere. So it wasn't a case of the clubs or the within football over-prescribing them. Um, he was kind of clear about that. Um Matthew says the same thing there, which I just said. And I think, look, it is, um, it's one of them things where people, if people want to get stuff, they can and will, particularly when you've got that amount of money. Uh, Jonathan says, uh, Ramsey apparently also turned down big money from the Saudi Pro League, just wants to be home with his family who live in Wales. Yeah, so we discussed that a little bit yesterday on the Cardiff and Championship show. Is it everything which I had been told and everything which I had heard pointed towards him coming back to Cardiff but then when that big money offer comes in you are a bit like oh, is it gonna can you blame him really if he did decide to go with that like it's a tricky one but I was fairly confident I said that yesterday even though it does throw it through a little bit of anxiety especially because we got burnt with Bale at the last last minute you're always worried it was going to happen again and sometimes 
I haven't got the utmost confidence in Cardiff to get stuff over the line. So, yeah, it is what it is. Um, can you imagine, like, so Reese is there. I mean, if, if Giorgios has gone for 24 million, how much would Ram, Ramsey have been worth when he when we originally sold him to Arsenal these days? Easy 25 million, I reckon. Easy. Easy. Although Cardiff are notoriously shockingly bad at, um, at selling players. So maybe we'd have got like a million for him or something stupid. We're not good. Let's get this little picture going. See if I can uh, make it bigger. We make it bigger? No, probably not. Um, so Al Nasir, Al Nasir, the team which signed uh, Ronaldo, have actually got a FIFA imposed ban, as Reese mentioned, there for signing players because they owe Leicester, I think, just under 400 grand, which is kind of interesting because, in the grand scheme of things, there's not a lot of money for them. But for whatever reason, they haven't paid it. And um, and then Leicester have gone and complained. They've complained to FIFA and FIFA have instigated that ban straight away. Should we not do that? Uh, zoom to fit. There we go. That's better. And Ramsey, welcome home. That's what we like to see. And look, we've talked about how he'll fit in and, and potentially what he can do. Make no mistake, um, I said this on the, the show with Rodri last year. If Aaron Ramsey never breaks his leg in that challenge by Ryan Shawcross, Aaron Ramsey would have been one of the best footballers in Europe. He would have been right up there. He would have been one of the best midfielders of his generation. He, people underestimate just at his peak, how when he's fit and he's at his, when he was at his peak, just absolutely unbelievable footballer. Like, you go back and watch Euro 2016 and Wales' run to that semi-final. And I've said this before as well. I personally think missing Ramsey was much bigger than if we'd missed Bale for that semi-final. Like, and it and it showed because he was at the centre of everything Wales did. He was just quality. And it was so unfortunate that he missed that big game. And... Uh, Interesting. Um, TNS have got a Champions League game tonight. Um, what's the? Should we have a look at the the current scores because the the old Welsh league teams are playing. Uh, Connors Key one nil down in the Conference League. And what else we got? Right. Oh, I shall investigate that now, and we'll see. Uh, We'll see what the scores on the boards are. But, yeah, if there's anything else you want to talk about, guys, you want any particular deal, subject, whatever it may be, then uh, you you just say the word and we'll switch subjects. Um, like, obviously, I don't want to talk too much about Aaron Ramsey because we have discussed it a lot. Um, it's going to be great. And as Will says, and I've said a few times, Ramsey's going to be great for Cardiff and what an opportunity for Ruben Corwell to learn, learn off him. Yeah, they're going to have to make a decision on him like I discussed last night. I would like to see him be the backup. Um, I might be wrong about TNS, mate. They may have played last night. They might die again. I just saw a clip earlier of Craig Harrison talking about it. Um, Ashley Young to Everton. Do you think that's a good signing for Everton? Um, I think he's a very reliable player uh, on a free. I can see the logic behind assigning him, especially because Seamus Coleman, who plays fullback, is getting older. And he, I think he struggles for fitness, plus struggles to play every game. Seems like an intelligent signing. Um, Fulham, do you think they should sell Mitrovic? I think it was twenty-five million offer from um, Saudi. They turned it down. Do you know what? If I'm uh, Manchester United and I'm struggling to get a striker in because of FFP and prices and stuff, you could do a lot worse than signing Mitrovic for a couple of seasons in their system and the way they want to play like around it and the players they've got out wide and around the forward 
playing off the forward like that. They could do a lot worse than him for a like a stopgap almost, like 25 mil, 30, maybe they'll accept sort of 30, 35. But then he might have his eyes on Saudi. Like, if you're... So here's a question then. If you're Mitrovic and a bid and full of accept a bid from Saudi and a bid from Manchester United. What do you do? Do you go and be knowing that Manchester United have not got a striker? Do you go and play for one of the biggest clubs in the world? Or do you go and collect the money at Saudi? Let's be honest, you're not going to get peanuts at United. But like just as a like where where would you stand at like his at his age, where he is with his career? What, which way do you lean? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because he probably won't ever get the chance to move to like a big club again now. It all depends on the player, doesn't it, and what he wants. I think um, he probably wants that Saudi money, as so many players do now. And you can't blame them. you got to get it while you can get it at the end of the day. And um, though... I still ask the question, like, how much money do you need? You know, you, even playing for Fulham in the championship, Mitrovic was probably getting more than most people in, in a year per week. Um, like, you know, he's not struggling to pay his bills, let's say. But I don't know, I don't know where I stand on it. I think if the if the chance came to go to Manchester United and be, because they haven't cost they particularly because they haven't got a striker, I think it would. Ha- you'd have to consider it as a footballer. You just have to. I think you'd be mad not to. But uh, at this stage of his career, maybe he's looking at it. I think may- I'm not 100 percent sure. I'll have a quick look now. I think I'm going before I look. I think he's like 20 between 27 and 29. But I might be way off there. Alexandra Mitrovic, 28 years old. I will have for a guess. Um, and if you think, right, think of all the chances that Veghorst missed last year. Got into positions, pressed and stuff, but well, but just missed so many chances put on a plate to him. You put Mitrovic in, though, the bang, like, Veghorst is like a, this massive striker who can't head the ball. Like, Mitrovic would have scored 10 goals easy from January to the end of the season in that United side and the way they were playing, chances they were creating. He's 28 years old. Let's have a look. Has he ever won any trophies in his career? It's really interesting. Like, Jordan Henderson was rumoured to be on, like, 700 grand a week to go to Saudi now. Um, And from a Saudi point of view, they can say, regardless of age and stuff like that, they can say they just signed the Liverpool captain. So it makes sense, even though I don't particularly rate Jordan Henderson. I think... um, I can see why there's like a a thing. Oh, we signed the Liverpool captain. It does. It's interesting. Um, international right honors. Um, so Mitrovic has won the championship three times with Newcastle and Fulham. Oh, sorry, twice, and he won the playoffs twice. Uh, he won the European Euros under nineteen championship, and he won the Belgian league. Twice, uh, Belgian League once, Belgian Super Cup once with Anderlecht, and he won the Serbian League quite early in his career. So recently, he's only really won the championship with Fulham. So he's had a taste of trophies, but not the the big ones, I suppose. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Jonathan says uh, Mitrovic is better than the useless lump that United had on loan last season from Burnley. Yeah, spot on, mid. Um, Reece says he wants that Saudi money. It's the money they're after, let's be honest. Um, Will says, Mitrovic got to be 40 million these days. Would cost Fulham at least that to replace his goals. Do you know what? If I was United, I would offer Martial plus 20. And just see. They also want Fred. You know, floats over these offers. I do tend to agree, though, that if Saudi Arabia come in with stupid money, 28. See? But then... See, there's two years of United, and then they, you know, United are going to go elsewhere because they'll have had the Qatar money and whatever, and blah blah. blah. You could have two years as United's main number nine, 
and then still go to Saudi and get that big money. But the risk is if it goes a similar route to China and they kind of start capping the money and stuff. And I think that's why some players are going now because they think, right, let's get it while we can, you know? If that's true that Jordan Henderson's getting like seven grand a week, and that's not including sponsorship, image rights, all the things that players get as part of their, you know, just being a professional, it's insane. Like that is so much money. I can understand why, no matter how much money you've got, getting paid, he'll be getting paid just under a million a week. Like, I can, you know, just due to 18 months out there, two years. 25 million, easy. And that's not including all the money he's already been paid over his football career, which is not pennies. Plus another twenty five million, and that's if he doesn't get a signing on fee. By the way, twenty five million tax free. Come on, you can't you can't criticize people for taking that. And look, Jordan Henderson's coming to the end of his career. I think United Liverpool are probably going to sell him anyway. So why wouldn't he go and get that bag before he's done? Good for him, I say. It's the ones the the ones I question are the ones who are still like young in their mid twenties and in their peak at the moment. You know, two years' time and the Saudi League is, like, popping off and it's one of the best leagues in the world. Like, it's in the top five best leagues in the world. If that's the case, then, of course, you know, go there as a 24, 25-year-old, get the bag, but also play at, like, a top-level league. But at the moment, I think if you're going there and you peak, you're doing yourself a disservice because if you play at the top level in... Premier League or La Liga or Serie A, you're not getting paid peanuts, you know? It's not like all the other leagues are paying like a few hundred quid a week and yeah, you're struggling. You get paid millions if you play at the top at the top level. I just think you should be a bit more ambitious in terms of what you can achieve with your career. Because when your career is over, what will you be remembered for? You ain't remembered for how much you got paid. But Ultimately, then the other side of that is when your career is over and you're not playing and you've got to sit at home and look your wife and your children in the eye, can you say, you know, I won these trophies, but I also turned down 25 million tax-free? And I don't know. It's, it's impossible for me to look at it through the eyes of a millionaire because I'm not a millionaire. Um, and good for Jordan Anderson, I suppose. Anthony Alanga, Manchester United forward, who I don't think played last year, maybe a couple of substitute appearances, but literally barely played, is um, being fought over by Everton and Forest, and they're talking like twenty million, which is it's mad to me. Like he's a you know look, he's a Swedish international. And there's someone there, I think he's a good player. He's only 21. Um, let's have a look how many appearances he made last year. So he made 16 appearances in total. One in the FA Cup, four in the EFL Cup, five in Europe. Uh, sorry, 16 in the league. So he made like 26 in total. But I bet you not many of them were starts. But even, you know, He's won a couple of uh, trophies already. So EFL Cup, FA Cup runner-up, Europa League runner-up in his career so far. You know, where would you go if you were him? 21, still like young international footballer. And at the moment, it looks like it's Everton or Forest. Where are you going? It's really interesting because... Historically, I guess Everton, or certainly in modern times, Everton would be the kind of team which is going to do better and more chance of maybe getting a cup or something like that. Historically, going back further, of course, Forest have won, you know, European Cups and and whatnot. I was impressed with Forest last year. I thought the manager did an excellent job. 
But I also think that by the end of the season, they were kind of cooking. Um, they got some tremendous young footballers in their team. And I think if you add someone like him alongside Brennan Johnson and some of the others they've got, they could be a, a sneaky team to do quite well next year. Um, who are you guys predicting who will kind of go under the radar and end up doing quite well? Like last year, we had Fulham, Brighton, Brentford, um, a couple of others, all doing pretty well throughout the season, being consistent and and in, you know finishing quite high up. But Bournemouth did quite well in the end. Um, like, who do you think is going to go under the radar a bit and do well? Sheffield United, Luton, Forest. Who are you fancying to do well? Let's have a look at this Forest squad. So looking at Forest's kind of top scorers from last year, you had um, Taiwo. Awoni uh, scored 11, Brennan Johnson scored 10. Then you've got like Morgan Gibbs White, you've got Sam Sturridge, um, Lingard's left, Nico Williams, Coyote. Like they've got some good, good players, man. Like young players as well, who I just look at it and I think, I think they can do all right, man. You know, I think they could do quite well. Um, so I'm interested. If you're not Anthony Alanga, who would you go to, Forest or Everton? If you assume they're at the only kind of options for him, or would you stay at United and sit on the bench? Um, Will says Saudi money's crazy, but it doesn't matter how much you pay. No one will be watching their league. Although I guess with their money, um, they don't care as long as these players are in the backyard. But you say no one's going to watch, but the more players that go there. There's gonna there's gonna be a morbid there's gonna be a morbid interest in our league. There was already a little bit of interest. People were kind of like I saw more Saudi league last year than I've ever seen before, but just because of Ronaldo. Like you had Benzema and and all these other players who've gone there, Koulibaly, and like it does toll up, and like there will be a morbid curiosity, like to see how 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 is the standard? Is it shockingly bad? Is it decent? Like there will be people who will watch it, and I think. If these players keep going, I think people will watch it. I really do. If it becomes, I wouldn't, you know, becomes regularly available on on Sky or whatever, like I can see people watching it. I can. Um, Forest God, they got that Gustavo Scarpa, Danilo, Morgan Gibbs, White, Brennan Johnson, uh, Awanui. Felipe in defence, uh, you've got Nico Williams, then you've got like John Joe Selby, John Joe Shelby, Chris Wood, who are a bit more experienced, Serge Aurier, um, Sam Surridge is a good young player, uh, sorry, uh, Ryan Yates, what else is that? Um, they got that defender, Mangala, like Omar Richards, Wayne Hennessy in goal, Harry Arters, there, I think. Um, Kiyate, like there's some players there. Willie Bolly's there, and I just think they might do quite well now that they've had because last year I think it took them time to get going because they signed so many players, and I just think it was like difficult. Um, Reese says, uh, I saw Tom Davis has turned down a contract from Everton, is now leaving on a free. Never thought he was good enough for the Premier League, so I'm surprised he's looking to leave. Mate, if he's going. It's because he's got somewhere to go, is all I can say. Like, if he's going someone like he's going somewhere, Fulham may be a good fit for him, mate. Like, I don't think he's terrible. Um, I'm not sure he's like top, top level though. Uh, Luton are being smart. The trick is not to sign players to stay up, it's to sign players that win your promotion back to the league if you go down because it gives you a year of developing them as values to go up. Yeah, to a certain extent. But then I think you've also got to be clever with who you sign. And I think it's got to be like a bit of a mix. Like they signed um, one of the most highly rated um, young players in, in Ireland the other day for peanuts. And like, you know, like that could be a great, great signing. It might turn out that, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really go on and do anything might turn out that he's an absolute world beater and they sell him for 50 million in a couple of years. Like you just don't know with that type of signing because 
you, you just don't know how they're going to adapt. You don't know how they're going to do. Very highly rated, um, like a winger. Rob Edwards, I think, is a clever manager. Um, where is I trying to find his name? So yeah, so then he was born in Nigeria. Um, he, but he's got as four uh, four goals in fifteen caps for Republic of Ireland. Started his career at Cork, had some spells with Brentford, Exeter, and then he's had four years at Rotherham. And uh, I think he's a good signing. I do. I, I think there's something to it. I really do. Um, you know, will he will he turn out and be enough to? You know, is he someone who's going to keep him up? That I'm not so sure about because I think there's a certain amount of risk there, and whether these guys can do it at the top top level. But it is what it is, isn't it? We saw that um, Mason Greenwood has been training again. It's going to be a real interesting one. And, you know, there's there's a wrinkle in that, the Mason Greenwood stuff. Is I think, like I said before, I think United would like to loan him out on a long term, maybe like a two-year loan to Italy or somewhere. I think that works the best for all concerned. But if United can't get a striker in, right, does that kind of force their hand and they have to use him? I don't know. They've got a couple of good youngsters. I saw a little bit of their uh, game with Leeds the other day and there's a couple of boys in there who are phenomenal footballers. That Kobe Main who looks uh, special. Hannibal, who obviously was on loan at Birmingham last year, he looks a player, mind you. And he's like, he's full international, you know? Um Reese says Luton are being smart. Oh, sorry, I read that one. Uh, well, top six to eight fighting for Europe. Everyone else in the Premier League will be fighting relegation till February when the bottom few fall away. Jonathan says, I think a lot are going to under underestimate Luton. Uh, they're making good, champ cheap championship signings. And let's not forget, they're extremely organised. Yeah, Luton will do their thing, man. And I think um, they'll be hard to beat. And I think some clubs will underestimate them. And I think some clubs will struggle when they go to the ground because it is nothing like a Premier League ground. And I think some players will just struggle a little bit with that in terms of just it's not what they're used to. Like they're used to like a lot of luxury and, and stuff like that. Um, Martin Odegaard's been injured in preseason, which is not a good start. He was withdrawn minutes before the first preseason friendly hopefully that's nothing too serious coming off a great season really should be looking to you know to step up again now and and show that he's world class but and uh, doesn't seem to be any news regarding that um Declan Rice deal still not done well interesting that is, isn't it is there time for anyone to hijack it don't think there is but you know until it's done, it's not done. See Gareth Bale. Till they are pictured in a shirt, it is not done. Simple as that. Simple as that. Harry Kane supposedly had a meeting last night uh, with the manager to discuss whether he will be staying. Where do we see Harry Kane going? Do you think he stays? Do you think he signs a pre-contract or something in January? Or do you think he thinks, do you know what? Bollocks to you. And goes on a free next year. Wouldn't blame him if I'm honest. Um, Mason Mount made his debut for United. Thought uh, he did 45 minutes. I thought he was very good. Got to be honest. Better, better than I thought he was. He is uh, uh, like I was never a massive fan until I think it was a year before last. Suddenly he started doing bits for for Chelsea. <coughs> um. Tell you what would be interesting, uh, Jao Felix, who was on loan at Chelsea last year, has been heavily linked with uh, Manchester United and uh, PSG this seed for another loan. That could be interesting because I think he's a real good player, but everyone was shit for Chelsea last year, weren't they? Like everyone, there was no one, no one played well. So you can't, it's difficult to judge that and like we'd be good. What do we think of Weghorst going back to Burnley? Like, could he be decent for him? 
the striker, the six foot four, whatever he is, striker who can't head the ball and can't finish. Just I don't know, man. I like I like everything he does. Apart from his heading and his finishing. Like his 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 pressing and his work off the board is phenomenal. But yeah, I just don't just just don't see him as I just don't think he doesn't score enough goals for a striker. Uh, Reese Simeone said he doesn't work hard enough down in tools and training, which is why Atletico want to get rid of him. There's also stuff online that he doesn't work hard enough at Chelsea. Yeah, if that's the case, mate, I can't see Ten Hag having. But apparently Ten Hag loves him. Like he thinks he's reminds him of Johan Cruyff, I read today. But I can't see if he doesn't work hard. That doesn't seem like a player that he'd want to integrate into that squad, which is obviously going in a certain direction away from those types of players but who knows mate that they that's the the longer they go without signing a striker the more desperate they are going to become which is why i asked the question about mason greenwood um jonathan says mason greenwood's first appearance would be like throwing a lamb to the wolves he is going to get a lot of abuse from all angles he will be need to be strong personality to come back from this he will it's going to be very difficult mate and um i just can't see i just can't see united certainly this season and having anything to do with him i think they want to get him out on loan away from the club and look they can readdress it and like if he goes on loan for a year or two and he does bits and gets back to the level he was at previously and he does bits in italy and everything is kind of calmed down they might be able to bring him back in 18 months and if they can't or don't want to they'll be able to sell him for some real good money because of his age and his quality and then it like it opens everything up doesn't it? and if he doesn't get back to that level they just sell him off and i just think it makes the most sense to loan him out and chuck it down the road so they haven't got to deal with it it's like the best case scenario all around for the player for the club and for everyone who doesn't want him to come back to football or come back to united um Jonathan also says he thinks Vincent Company will sell Veghorst. He doesn't suit the style, and some of the players hate him. Well, <coughs> if that's the case, he's probably got to go, and he, you cannot have any like bad apples. We've talked about it before, of course, but you can't have bad apples in in your, in your group because it spreads so quickly. So if you've got anyone who's got a bad attitude, isn't working hard enough, or doesn't like the manager, or whatever it may be they got to go they got to go um will says convicted murderers and rapists have been allowed to resume their fo- uh, their careers so greenwood should be given some opportunity although i think he's scum and i wouldn't let him anywhere near any females in my family yeah i mean you can't disagree with anything you just said mate it's um it's tricky you know like i died this, I don't really know what to say. Like United have got a decision to make. Ultimately, I don't think they're going to do anything with him this year other than loan him out. I, but at the back of my head, I do think, like, what are we now? We're like, start of July. We get to the end of August and he's been training all the way through and he's relatively fit and they don't have a striker. Did they name him in the squad? Like, just to, I think he gets automatically named in the squad because of his age anyway. So, I don't know. It's so difficult, man. Like, if you take it, if you make it on a purely football situation, like, I could see why they would not want to sell him. But they're going to have to do something to, to address it at some point. They can't just leave it going. And for his sake as well. As anything else like you can't just keep him hanging on they've got to make a decision on it um and also there's the other side of it is yeah he should be allowed to resume his career but it doesn't mean he's entitled to resume his career at united so yeah so. um people mocking steven gerrard for a clip of him in training i'm not going into the the lampard gerrard thing which i had been, been 
cooking like they're just the new the new managers who are going to get the jobs constantly or constantly failing whilst others don't get the chance on that note did i see darren moore was linked to a job he should be because he's an excellent manager um i'm sure i read somewhere linked to a job no nothing nothing new which is it's crazy man like he's left and like i i thought someone might snap him up straight away i wouldn't be surprised if like you know when them you know, someone who's whenever the managers get sacked now in the championship in the lower premier league he's going to be in with a shout and he um he's got a great reputation as a and he's got a great reputation as a manager so ultimately if a job comes up it is what it is isn't it um <clears throat> so yeah uh right let's have a look last couple of stories then or you've got any questions then get them in um what did someone asked a question earlier oh welcome guys uh Oh, you are then, guys. Here's a question. We we're just talking about Darren Moore, mate. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to put that on screen. Um, if David Moyes gets sacked early into this season, that like you won't, but let's say he does, would you accept Darren Moore as his replacement? So, there's a little interesting conundrum for you to to ponder. Someone asked a question about Welsh league teams. There, Reese says. Um, Thoughts on how we could improve the Welsh teams in the Welsh league system? There's only one full-time team, TNS, and that's due to a millionaire owner. It's tricky, isn't it? The money's just not there, mate. Like, I'm sure all of those clubs in the Welsh league would like to be full-time and it be as effective as the non-league is. In, over in in England, but the funding's not there for the clubs. So, until clubs get funding, somehow it's just it's very difficult to to improve it. I think um, I'd like to see more. If we're going to keep the like under twenty three system as it is, which is shite, I'd like to see Swansea, Cardiff, Wrexham, Newport loaning out their young players like the ones who are not ready to play like first team football in the league pyramid i'd like to see them sent out to the welsh league teams to play men's football even some of the the young ones like if you've got like a 16 year old or a 17 year old who is excellent get him playing a bit of men's football in the welsh league like i really think there's something to that but it is so tricky because there's just no fund in there, is there? And, uh, yeah, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, Darren Moore was linked to the Cardiff City job when uh, he was still at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, I think he's a phenomenal manager. Um, I'm just very surprised that he parted ways with Sheffield Wednesday. I think he, as I discussed previously, I think he felt, and I'm hypothesising, I think he felt let down by some of the racist abuse he took after the first the first leg of the Peterborough game is what it is, isn't it? It's disgusting. Um, but he, as Jonathan says, they did a great job at Sheffield Wednesday and West Brom. Yeah, and you speak to anyone uh, who's played with him or, or been under him as a manager or worked with him, they all say the same thing. Great guy, proper professional, excellent coach, excellent manager. So hopefully he gets some good opportunities. These are the types of guys that should be getting opportunities. Will says maybe invite the Saudi reserves to play in the Welsh Premier League or improve the quality of the opposition, if nothing else. Well, they do. I like they do need to do something. I know a friend of mine thinks that they should bin off the Welsh League and the Welsh League teams should go and play in the English pyramid in the non-league in the various non-leagues but i'm not sure that's the right idea either like 
because I think you lose young Welsh footballers who are too good for Parks football, but maybe not quite good enough for the academies or for the, you know, for Cardiff and Swansea and this. Maybe they, I think you would lose a lot of them out of football that way because having the Welsh League sides allows them to work a full-time job, but then hopefully if they can perform in the Welsh League, they might get a chance with a Newport or a Wrexham or someone. Um, speak, I had a guy in from uh, Larynx Entertainment today, um, which is a media company based in, a music media company based in Wrexham and um, in the studio. And uh, he was talking about like, you know, the work that Wrexham are doing within the community and stuff like that. Like, it must be such an exciting time to be in the area of Wrexham if you're a football fan. Like, it must just be so exciting. You know, they got big, big plans for the stadium. They, you know, streaming and all this things. You got the second series of Welcome to Wrexham. Still haven't watched the first series, by the way. Is it good? Is it worth watching? Um, yeah, I just think... I think Wrexham will go up again, I do. I really do. I think they've got momentum that comes from winning things and the team, a togetherness that you can't manufacture, like artificially. Like the togetherness between the fans and the players and then off the field with the board. And I think everyone is putting in the right direction. And I think that's quite special because it creates like this siege mentality. Everyone's against us. They don't want us to win because we've got the money and the, the, the fame and this and that. Like they get the right players in and they won't, you know, they've got money. So that like, they've been linked with Nanny, for instance. Can you imagine Nanny in League Two? Mate, he might take a few kicks, but he would do bits. He would, be, mate, honestly, like he's just such a good footballer. He would do so so good. Um, Reese says change it to a summer sport during the off season. Then I'd go and watch my local teams. Yeah, I mean, it's getting the crowds in, isn't it? Like, but ultimately, even if those Welsh League teams had a few hundred people at the games more. Does that really allow them to push on to be professional? I'm not sure it does. I'm not sure that the gates was given enough to to make that jump. I, I don't know. Um, but that would be a good way to to get the local more fans watching. Um, Reese says FIFA won't allow them now. Uh, the new ruling won't allow any Welsh teams to join the English league. Colwyn Bay left the English pyramid system to join the Welsh league as money for getting into Europe is too good. Yeah. Um, Reese says his question, and if they don't go up, is it serious failure? Wrexham, so I don't think it's failure if they don't go up this year. I think if you look like two, three years down the line and they haven't gone up from League Two, then I think it's failure. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think they have to go up this year. I just think they will go up this year. Will says, uh, in all seriousness, I think the Welsh League clubs need to get stronger links to loan young academy players from pro clubs, 100%. And that's what I was kind of alluding to, because there'll be players at Cardiff, right, who will be in the the youth squad and the under-23 squad who are nowhere near the first team. And they'll be playing like these under-23 games, which are not like a weekly thing. You know, they're not like two games a week or whatever. They're not constant. But they're never going to get near the first team at the moment. Or there'll be young guys, young lads playing the youth team who are like 16 and are awesome and like really good for their age. And if they went and played men's football in the Welsh League, that would prepare them massively. So by the time they're 17, 18, they've done like a couple of loans in the Welsh League. It is less of a jump from the 23s and the youth team to the first team, to men's football. And I think that's part of the problem, is when these players from all clubs make the jump from youth team football and under-23 football to the first team, it's like two different games. 
and they need that experience of playing men's football. And I think that's an opportunity to get those players playing on loan, playing men's football, if they're not quite ready for like, you know, League One, League Two, whatever championship. Just, just an option, isn't it? It's, um, there's a lot of professional clubs, you know, who are looking to loan out players. Would so? Here's a question for you guys. If you look at all the professional clubs are right in the pyramid league, talking League Two upwards, like the, the sort of the league. Think how many players in the, those teams who sit there and play under 23s football all year without any chance really of pushing into the first team or young players who were playing in the youth team and not really getting the benefit of playing against men and competitive football, would they benefit more if they were sent out to Welsh league football and non-league football to like progress and improve themselves and play in men's football so that when they get to like 18, 19, 20, and they're good enough to play, train with the first team, it's not such a mad jump in terms of they're used to playing competitive football against men. I think it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Who do you think, like, name me, just to finish off, a bit of fun, name me some crazy Wrexham signing, like players that Wrexham could realistically sign. So a lot like, you know, Messi or something. But, like, who could they sign? Would you be like, what? No, mate. Um, yeah, like, who do you think Wrexham could be? Like, who could they pick up, which would do bits for them in League Two? But, like, you'd be like, flipping out. That's mental. They're, they're going to Wrexham. Because players will want to go there for the exposure. Um Like, and, you know, if you're Wrexham, do you go with someone like, say, just out of the blue, like Nanny? Or do you go with someone who's maybe dropping down out of the championship because of age and stuff like that? Like, Reese is just named Billy Sharp. What a sign-in. Like, Rex, you put Billy Sharp up there, like, score so many goals in League Two. Uh, and there's a few strikers knocking about who are aged out, aging out of the championship now. Who Wrexham have got the money to give them, you know, to pay them. Like they could do some crazy stuff, man. Like it'd be interesting. But I, I saw an article yesterday saying that they're getting a bit frustrated with the transfer window because they're trying to go in for people, and clubs are asking for loads of money, and players are asking for a lot of money. Billy Sharp with uh, with Paul Mullen up front. If I was Wrexham, I'd try and get like a couple of Premier League like youngsters on loan. I would. There's some real ballers within the academy systems of the Premier League clubs who are not playing. Like, so you can get a couple of them in. Not loads, but like a couple of them. Um, Will says, if City had a 16 to 18-year-old youth players on loan in the European games for Welsh League clubs this week, they'd have got loads of experience it would be win-win. They'd also improve the first team for the Welsh clubs. Yeah, that's what. That's kind of what I was uh, saying, mate. It's it's there, isn't it? It's um, it's interesting. Yeah. So Wrexham do have that problem, and will have that problem the more they go for you know further forward, because teams will ask silly money for players because they know they've got a bit of cash, and I'm sure they'll get some questions asked about financial fair plays and stuff like that. Ben Foster's staying around for another year. It's a great sign-in. I'm fascinated by the Wrexham thing. Um, Tom Davis to Wrexham. There you go. <laughs> Would you advise me to watch Welcome to Wrexham, ready for season two? Tell me what you think. Um, yeah, it's just I was just having a little nose to see if there's any sort of players who've been linked with Wrexham because I can't I thought um, whoever said like getting well maybe I said it getting some like really uh, experienced kind of 
aging championship players could be quite a good little um, aging championship players and then young Premier League players. If you can get that mix with what they've already got, I think that could be quite intelligent for what they need to do in League Two. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting, man. Do you think Wrexham will go up? Uh, Will says 100% watch it. It's amazing. They've done it really well. No surprises. Uh, Reese, though, says, I enjoyed it. It wasn't great, but it was all right. Yeah, I mean, like the financial fair play thing, I don't think they'll have any issues because, like Reese says, they'll just get a sleeve sponsor of HP or whatever. Like, yeah, it's like, um, what's like, he's got so many different companies, haven't he? Ryan Reynolds and stuff. And, and the selling to Philadelphia dude, like, there's, there's ways in there, there's ways to sort it out. Um, guys, I think we're going to call it a day there. Appreciate you all joining me as always. Been a lot of fun talking about the stories of the week. Um, if you like boxing, check out the show on Sunday night, Sugar and Silk, another classic. Um, Saturday, 12 o'clock, we have a filmmaker and boxing commentator, boxing media guy, Kieran Gibbons on. He recently, recently released a, a film on his YouTube channel called The Warrior Poet, which I highly adv- advise you to watch. It's a, it's a really entertaining film even if you're not like a, a boxing fan or whatever, like it's about James Lilly, um, who's also a poet. And uh, James is a, a, a top, top bloke. Um, advise you to watch The Warrior Poet. But Kieran made that film and he's on with me on in the studio. We did it um, last week and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good one. Really interesting conversations about a range of subjects. It's not just all boxing. There's, we talk about various different different subjects as it were um and then like i say sunday sugar and silk monday members only show which is always fun talk about all the stuff we're not allowed to talk about and more and uh yeah man it's all good in the hood thank you as always for joining us next wednesday Cardiff city show i'd imagine ramsey will be confirmed by then i'd be very surprised if he's not I'm kind of half expecting it to be confirmed tonight or tomorrow morning, maybe. But, um, yeah, I think it won't be long. won't be long, and then he'll be coming home. Take care, my friends. Be good. And if you can't be good, be safe. Sports Social Podcast Network.